Welcome to Bobby Osinski's Inner Circle. I'm Bobby Osinski, and this is a show all about music, music production, and the music business. This week, we'll look back over what happened in the music business in 2021, how my predictions for the year fared, and some predictions for 2022. First, let's start with what happened in the music business last year. There's so much that went on. I think one of the big things is that new guitar sales boomed. Most manufacturers couldn't keep up with the demand, which is pretty cool. But it was more acoustic guitars than electrics. And maybe for the first time, there are more new female players than male players. Nonetheless, it's pretty good that people want to learn guitar again, because as you know, guitar sales have been falling down pretty precipitously over the last 10 years. Now they're back again. That's a good sign for the business. There was a lot of transactions in the music business, a lot of companies changing hands. One of the coolest stories, though, speaking of guitars, was a Taylor guitar was given to its employees. Now, this isn't the first MI company to do this. Moog did it, oh, four or five years ago. Nonetheless, it's a great gesture. Staying in guitars for a second, Fender is buying Personas. And for you Personas owners, that's a little scary, but Fender actually has very good management. They know what they're doing, and they're doing gangbuster business. So this might be good for both companies. Also, for those of you who buy lots of gear, Sweetwater was sold to Providence Equity Partners. Chuck Shurak, the founder and brains behind everything, has moved from CEO to chairman, so he's still involved with the company, and you know he cares deeply about it, so... I don't think things are going to change all that much, at least in the short term. Focusrite acquired sequential circuits. What we're seeing here is the trend of older founders deciding that, well, I don't think I want this day-to-day grind and looking for a way to cash out. That's what happened here. Native Instruments and Isotope were bought by Francisco Partners. Now, take notice what's happening here is There's a lot of private equity firms that own these companies. For instance, Fender is owned by private equity. Focusrite is owned by private equity. So now we're seeing this consolidation, this roll-up of all these MI companies, all these audio companies. South by Southwest was bought by PMRC. Now, this is the same company that owns Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard, and The Hollywood Reporter, among many others. It's a little too early to know what's going to happen there. One thing for sure, it's gotten so big that it's not as much fun as it used to be, and everybody kind of agrees on that. Maybe after COVID, we'll see how it shakes out. Two giants of the audio magazine industry merged. PSN and Mix recently merged. You haven't seen the results of that yet. It's been three or four months, and we really haven't seen much going on there. For instance, on the Mix website, it's been static for like the last three or four months. We'll see what happens. This is something that will only impress a certain number of people, and it's mostly people who've come up playing this instrument, but the Rhodes electric piano has returned. It's expensive, but if you want a real Rhodes, a real new one, yes, you can get it. Turning now to live concerts, venues are open, and as a matter of fact, depending on which part of the world you're at, They're either filled or not so much. But with this recent round of Omicron, we're finding that even though ticket sales are really good, they're very high no-show rates. 
So this may continue for a little bit until we see what happens in the spring. Artificial intelligence has really made big inroads in the last year. If you want, you can get AI to create a song for you. If you want, you can get AI to deepfake an artist. And there's a lot of that going on. You can create a song that sounds like any number of artists. And if the artist isn't already available, you can just teach it what to do. If you want, you can get AI to create a music video for you. And they actually look pretty good. And also, if you're having writer's block or you're just not good at writing lyrics, AI will do that for you too. So this is only going to get better and better. Hopefully artists take this as just another tool rather than a substitute for learning a craft. So fingers crossed on that. One of the reasons why many electronic instruments have soared in prices over the last year and there's no discounts is the fact that there's a chip shortage. And this is a result of two factories that went up in flames. In 2019, AKM in Korea went up. But in the early part of 2021, Renaissance Electronics in Japan, which was responsible for a lot of the audio chips, they had a big fire as well. Both of these companies have been scrambling to get back on their feet and to get back to normal. And I think they're pretty much there. So in 2022, we should see kind of a return to normal, at least normal prices and normal demand. In 2021, live streaming hit a wall. Now, if you remember in 2020, when we're all locked down, that was a big deal. Live streaming was everywhere and people are starting to make money on it. Many predicted that live streaming would be kind of the new playing live, but it hasn't cracked up to be that. In fact, in 2021, it hit a wall pretty badly, and most people felt that they really weren't getting what they wanted out of it and really desired to see live music. So it hit a wall. It's probably not going to go away, but I don't think it's going to be as big as some have predicted. Vinyl is still selling gangbusters during the past year. It was up 108%. The wait is about eight months if you ordered some records right now. Part of this is because major labels are now cutting all of their releases in vinyl as well. So they're taking up a lot of the production space. Adele was one of the big abusers here, printing 500,000 of her latest 30 album. So that took up quite a bit of production space. You would think that, well, maybe there'll be some new pressing plants that will come online. And in fact, that might happen. But the problem is, until recently, there weren't any new pressers that were being made. You had to go back to 1970s technology, basically, if you can find them. But now there are new pressers that are coming online, but they're very expensive. So we'll see if 2022 actually brings us some expanded capacity. I have my doubts about that. On the social and distribution side of things, Instagram retired its IGTV. Now it's Instagram videos. That's actually better because everything's in one place rather than having two products kind of split up everything. It's now one. So that's a step in the right direction. Radio means less and less. It's still listened to by a lot of people. It's listened to in the car. It's listened to at work. But it doesn't have the impact that it had. Record labels are spending less and less money on radio promotion. And we're finding that it's less and less regional. It used to be that all radio was somewhat local, and now we're finding less and less of that. We're also finding that playlists are pretty much mirroring 
whatever is the latest major playlist on a streaming service. So it's not breaking any new ground either. Speaking of radio, there was an auction for 4 AM stations and 135 FM stations. 42 of them went unsold, including all of the AM stations. Now, once upon a time, before a station came up for auction, it would be bought because that was one of the things that anybody that came in with some money really wanted. Radio stations made a lot of money. They were very important to the community. And as a result, there were a line of buyers down the street trying to buy anyone that came up for sale. We've come to 2021. That's not the case anymore where radio stations aren't making money. And in fact, radio stations aren't very local and there's not a lot of reason to own one. It doesn't have nearly the prestige it used to have. So where do people find their music? Well, for Gen Z, 28% of them now find their music via a game. Gaming is now really big for music discovery. Not so much for other generations, but Gen Z. YouTube Music is making a lot of headway and now it's up to 50 million paid subscribers. So is the music industry, though. Major labels were raking in $2.5 million per hour just from streaming. So someone's making some big bucks. Now, lest you think that all record labels, especially major record labels, are evil, that's not the case. Sony announced this Artist Forward project, and what that means is they're ignoring any unrecouped balances to an artist that was signed before the year 2000. So, in other words... Classic artists can now make money from streaming, where before all of that money just went to recouping their advances. No longer. Now they're finally making some money. It was a great gesture by Sony. Clubhouse fizzled in 2021. This is one of the biggest new social platforms in 2020, and I think people really got bored of it fast. Not only that, there were many competitors Facebook came out with a competitor. Instagram had a competitor. Everybody has a competitor for this. So now it's not such a big deal. Let's look at some of my predictions for last year. I predicted that live streaming was going to hit a wall, and yeah, it did. I predicted that Facebook was going to get bigger, and it did. But its influence actually waned a bit. Every social network is now kind of bowing to TikTok. TikTok is beating all of them right now, especially with Gen Z. I predicted that songwriting would change, and in fact, it has. What we're seeing is longer songs, mostly in the three-minute range, and we're also seeing more traditional song forms. Intro, verse, B-section, chorus, bridge, chorus, outro. What we're seeing before was two-minute songs that revolved around just a verse and a chorus, and sometimes the verse and chorus was hard to tell what the difference was. I predicted it would change a little bit, and it has. I also predicted there'd be vinyl shortages, and that didn't happen. If there were shortages, it was because that the major labels took up some of the space, but in fact, there were plenty of vinyl albums that came out this year, and shortage was only in the fact that you couldn't get a place in line soon enough. I predicted that podcasting would peter out, and it did to some degree where it was such a hot thing and everybody and their brother had a podcast during 2020. It's a little less hyped during this last year. So didn't peter out, but a little less hyped, 
And I think we're seeing people starting to make some money from it, but it's not the instant cash cow that everybody thought. I predicted that smarter plugins would become the norm. That was kind of a no-brainer because it was already happening, but we've seen some great new plugins this year, uh, Eventide Split EQ, Mixland Rubber Band Compressor, Dynamic Sound Mapper. There's all sorts of different plugins that came out, many that are AI-powered, and this is only going to continue now that we're kind of getting away from emulation of analog hardware units and going into new realms where digital can only take us. As far as next year, there are lots of trends. I think you're going to see fewer bands. You're going to see fewer venues that have bands. And that's going to result in changes in instrument purchases. So there are fewer bands because we're finding people just don't want to take the time to learn their instruments and then learn how to play with other people. And as you know, it takes a lot of time to get good. Not only to get good on your instrument, but to get good at playing with other people. So there are fewer musicians that are interested in that. Venues, in fact, found that it was better if they had a DJ or they just had one or two people playing rather than whole bands. So we're seeing that whole thing. It's been happening for quite a while, but now we're seeing it really, really snowball. As a result, you're finding that guitar players, for instance, no longer need even a 30-watt or a 50-watt amplifier, and a lot of them are going with 8- and 10-watt amplifiers because that's all they need for the new venues. Likewise, in venues like that, you can pretty much get away with an acoustic guitar. You don't even have to go electric. I think one of the big things that really happened this year, and we're going to continue to see that trend, is that the centers of music are going to shift. So up until recently, it's been LA, New York, Nashville, and London. And you can throw in a few others like Austin maybe, and occasionally Chicago are kind of big. But in fact, now we're seeing all that change as we find K-pop taking over, which is huge. And now we're finding Afropop is really coming on fast. And iPop out of Indonesia, all these are coming up fast. And as a result, we're finding the centers of power, of music power, actually changing to other places on the globe. We're seeing also many more chill-themed playlists. And the reason why is Gen Z, especially, and millennials, kind of approach music a little differently. Many of them look at it as therapy, so to speak makes them feel better. Now, we all feel like that, but it goes a little bit deeper for Gen Z and even millennials. And we can take this another step forward by the fact that listeners now have favorite songs, but they don't necessarily know who the artists are. As a result, you find that an artist could have a huge hit in terms of streams or views and not really have any career development. This isn't particularly new because we've had this before. We used to call it a turntable hit, where a record was played on radio stations everywhere, and yet it never sold a lot. So we're finding somewhat the same thing happening now, only in streaming. Everybody agrees that artists and publishers and songwriters and labels should make more from streaming music, artists and songwriters especially. Now, the problem is that we're kind of at a threshold. 999 is something that can't be broken. And the reason why is record labels have stipulated in all their contracts with the streaming services that 999 is what they're going to charge. 
even if that should change, many platforms are scared to death to go away from that. But I think we're going to find that the streaming services are going to find clever ways to have you pay more, maybe with fewer services, maybe an increase in the family plan, which are very big on just about every platform. Maybe you'll have to pay more for that. But the fact of the matter is, this $9.99 is sort of a sweet spot for consumers. And now we're finding other music companies that are now actually going to this as well. The latest being Native Instruments, that they're complete, $9.99 a month. So subscription is here, software as a service is here in the music business, and we're going to see more of that in the coming year. Now, we talked a lot about record labels, but the fact of the matter is record labels are doing less than ever in order to develop new artists, and that's going to continue. But as a result, we're going to find that they'll become less and less capable to do something with a new artist. So it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy their record labels are going to wait until you actually have some level of success before they take you on. I predict that Spotify is going to get into video in order to make money. Now, Spotify takes in a huge amount of money, but the fact of the matter is, it's never really turned a profit. Well, one quarter they did, but it was because of financial engineering. So we're going to see new demands from shareholders to then make a profit. One of the reasons why they got into podcasting was in order to do this because they didn't have to pay for the content. Now we're going to see this with video as well. And many people think that they're going to try to compete with Netflix at one point in time. They have a long way to go to do that, but I think we'll see this year a shift in that direction. And as we've seen over the last 10 years, most major innovations in music tech are going to come from Silicon Valley and not the major record labels, not the traditional music industry. Music execs really want to sell anything but music. They just want to get out of it because they feel that they can make more money and have a higher margin in other places. The problem with Silicon Valley making more money from music is the fact that most of that goes back to tech and there's no reinvestment in music. So once again, we're seeing a self-fulfilling prophecy in that we're not going to see the innovations that we've come to expect. There's still lots of music tech companies that are starting up, and there's still plenty of good environments for startups, but that doesn't mean they'll be successful. I predict that TikTok is going to peak in 2022. Now, what do I mean by that? All social platforms kind of have a natural five-year span where they run up to a spot where they plateau and then begin to fall off. And I think we're going to see that this coming year with TikTok. Now, this might be because it's something natural that happens where there's a new platform that suddenly captures Gen Z. And Gen Z is actually the reason why TikTok is what it is today. But we might see this artificially imparted as well, where you'll find that on a national level, some countries will decide that TikTok is not really conducive for its young people. What I mean by that is there's a lot of controversy about its AI and how it actually shows people not what they really want, but what TikTok thinks they want. Now understand that TikTok is now the most visited site on the planet, even more than Google. But the thing is, with Google, you have to at least ask for something. TikTok, it just gives it to you. So as a result, 
there's a lot of mental health issues with some of the younger users coming from that. And I think you're going to see some responsible parties step in and maybe throw up an artificial barrier to TikTok, which means it's going to peak. I think immersive audio is going to peak as well. Most consumers are still unaware of this product, and it's impossible to market because the user actually needs to experience it before they really get what it's all about. We've kind of seen this movie before, a 5.1 audio, and I predict immersive will move away from music, but it will remain a really big deal with movies and games and specialty uses like theme parks and museums as a result. Immersive audio really requires a new speaker technology that will make immersive loudspeakers as part of what we buy, as part of our furniture, as part of the walls and the buildings that we have. So I think that this eventually will become a really big deal and something that we'll take for granted, but it's going to require a new technology in order to do that. I predict that the move towards high-res music is going to continue. High-res music is offered by more and more platforms, but it's a niche high-end offering. The differences between platforms today are so small that the only thing that might separate them is just to raise the audio quality that's available. And this might happen on the lowest entry tier. Once one platform does this, the others will follow. And then you're going to find that artists are going to be living in a permanent 9624 world. I predict that this year streaming numbers are going to become less and less important. Other than for vanity purposes, most artists begin to realize that even if they're lucky enough to garner millions of streams on a song, it doesn't necessarily mean career success. With ever more competition and the pathways to top playlists blocked by the top 0.1%, they begin to explore both alternative hosting efforts like AudioMac or more traditional methods like building an audience via live performances. You're going to find that artists are going to use music just as a doorway to become an influencer, and that's really where they're going to make the money. Here's a bold prediction. I think funk is going to be the next big thing in music once again. We're starting to see this happening with Doja Cat and Silk Sonic, where funk is the basis of what they're doing. And what we've seen in the past is whenever that starts to hit the pop charts, everybody begins to follow on for the next couple of years. So I think history is going to repeat itself as funk-based music will take over the charts. This is a good thing because it means that real rhythm sections are going to be working again as pop music jumps on the bandwagon. And finally, a couple of things. Cryptocurrency is really big. But what's going to happen is it's really going to be rebranded as Web3. And if you haven't been watching Web3, start to because that's going to be the next thing that we're going to go to online but it's just going to be another word for cryptocurrency same thing with virtual reality and artificial reality the metaverse is just a rebranding of both of those and finally nfts they were big last year for half a second but we found that in many cases the nfts were a scam and also the people didn't understand exactly what they were buying. So what ended up happening was NFTs got a lot of hype, but not so much in terms of revenue. I think you're going to see the NFTs thrive for sports, but not so much for music. So that's what I think. That's some of the trends for next year. That's some of my predictions for next year. Let's see how they turn out. 
My predictions for last year weren't so bad. Fingers crossed on this year. Thanks for listening and being in my inner circle. Remember, if you have any questions or comments, you can send them to questions at bobbyosinski.com. So listen to other episodes of Bobby Osinski's Inner Circle. Go to bobbyosinski.com and select the podcast tab or go to bobbyownercircle.com or you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Mixcloud, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, TuneIn Radio, Radio Public, and Podbean. At bobbyosinski.com and bobbyownercircle.com you'll also find a sign-up form for my newsletter and for alerts for new podcasts. This is Bobby Osinski. I will see you next time. Mm-hmm.